ยิบัวครอสพอยท์เมียนแบปทิสต์จูปังอะเฮนยิจิบเมียนมัวแต่ปัวจางทินหุงบัวจีกอนเบนบุญยิซินบุญยิเฮวบุญยิลิงวนแ
เจ้าเทียนฮงเจ้าอ่ะยิบเจียนตานายปวดสางเจ้าเทียนฮงไว้ซูเจ้าปุญญาไม่เฉียดเท้าไม่แมงเจียงยิบเจียวตุก้องย
It was truly an exciting time. It reminds me of, uh, of a verse that I shared with you some years ago as we began on our journey in missions. That verse is 1 Corinthians 16.9. Would you turn there this morning and let's consider it. Paul says, A great door and effectual is opened unto me, and yet there are many adversaries. Paul talked about an open door. It reminds me of something that I used to hear as a boy. I love to go to my grandma's house. And as I would walk on up the steps and on the front porch, she would hear me coming. I think she knew my footsteps. And she would say as only a grandma could say. The door's open, Danny boy. Come on in. And it was always fun at grandma's house. Sometimes we made cookies. Sometimes we rake leaves. 
And we always got to set them on fire because it was Louisiana and we didn't have fire restrictions. And sometimes we would feel the, feed the wild cats in her backyard. And sometimes we'd build traps and catch squirrels. It was always fun at grandma's. And she always had time for me. And often we would sit on the front porch. And we would sit in a swing that goes back and forth. And she would tell me stories. A great door was opened unto me by grandma many times. A door to my heart, a door from her heart. And Paul says, there is a great door that is opened unto me. He's not talking about a physical door that you knock on. But he's talking about a door of opportunity. God placed before him great opportunity. Now, why did he say this at the end of the book of 1 Corinthians? You remember the book of 1 Corinthians is to a church that is very needy. It is a church that was very familiar to the Apostle Paul. He had started this church on his second missionary journey. And he spent a year and a half ministering in this church longer than any other church except the church of Ephesus. He knew these people well. He knew these families. He loved them. But they had all kinds of problems that they were dealing with. They were being selfish, following one leader and another leader and dividing up over, over that, who they liked. There was immorality in the church, people that were doing immoral things. People were taking each other to court in the pagan courts. People were judging each other and, and being critical of one another. There was confusion about marriage and divorce and remarrying and singleness. 
，你们人品好大个，当家面，发个内在袋，发个内在袋，喊他当家，发发个喊他担心面烟，发，你得教了，我们去对他讲，去对他走。There was a, a a temptation to 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 wed idolatry and pagan worship with Christianity. 你们要爱多钱用长钱，你跟他在做这先教一教。There was doctrinal fighting over spiritual gifts. Now we are making you zang, talk, talking, so talk, talking, who ye fool, forgotten, ling, pun ye ting ye. They were even confused about some of the basics of the gospel. Some of them denying the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But they don't hit a coffee, no. But they don't see that Jesus died on the cross. So Paul writes to correct this multitude of problems. Then Paul or the fierce Jew will meet all, don't we? And after seeing all of the problems that this church has, it's you would think Paul would just say, "That's enough. No more church in Corinth. You you are so messed up." But that is not what he did. He writes to them in the last chapter, and he says, "I'm coming to see you." He he writes and encourages them that they are a part of the greater body of Christ, and he says, "Do your part to help your brothers and sisters in Jerusalem." He writes and says, "I can't come right now, but." Uh, Timothy is going to come. Treat him well. Aristarchus is going to come. Treat him well. Fortunus is going to come. Treat him well. They represent me. Paul says, "It's enough to hold him in. Oh, but Timothy, me, tell me, tell me, tell me. The boy, the year, the boy, 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 the boy. So instead of saying, 'God's through with you, and I am too.'" Instead, he says, "There's a great open door." A great open door for me. But I also believe he's saying there's a great open door for you as well. All of us are imperfect followers of Jesus, aren't we? All of us get confused and frustrated at times. But God is ready to forgive us and. Opened the door of opportunity to serve him. So Paul is telling these people that there is a great door that is open to them to serve the Lord. He describes it in three ways. It is a great door, an effective door, and 
a contested door. The door is great. The opportunity is great because the mercy of God is even greater. Psalm 1.18 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his good, for his mercy endures forever. It is a great door because God's mercy is forever. It is a great door because our need, the need of all people, is great and universal. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. All of us have this need for a right relationship with God because we are sinners. It is a great door of opportunity. It is a great door because the option is awful. Without walking through that door that God makes available, we are subject to the penalty of, of, of our sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Jesus said, Fear not them who can kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. Then he said, But fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. There is a great door of opportunity because all are lost and all are going to hell unless we walk through that door and take them through the door. There is another aspect of this greatness. It is what Christ has done for us. He is the payment for the sins of all that have sinned. First John 2, verse 
1 and 2 says he is the propitiation for our sins and not only for ours but for the sins of the whole world. 那第一約翰書第二章啊,其實說呢,耶穌是主,我們主啊,你大家主,我們主啊,你把主弄點面主,你大家說大為不,把大為弄點面. John 1:9 through 11 says he came unto his own, his own received him not, but to as many, as many, as many. Christ's payment is for all, but also God's heart is for all people. Second Peter says in chapter 3, verse 9, God is not desirous that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's plan is a great plan. Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. Go and make disciples of all nations. How beautiful are they that preach the gospel of peace. Someone has to preach that gospel and that is our opportunity. I was thinking of that verse the other day in India. I was in a in a village in a in the jungle. There were 250 people that had gathered at this small village having walked miles to get there. There were ten pastors that were gathered there. Toward the end of our time there, I was asked to pray for these men. And as I stood before them, God impressed me to do something. Knowing something of their culture and how to honor someone in a special way. I, I looked at each of them and then I got on my knees in front of them. And I came around in front of them like this. And I laid my hands on their feet. And I prayed for them and for their ministry that God would bless them and expand the work through them. And I stood and we embraced in tears. It was a very, very special moment.
It's not just those pastors that preach the gospel and share with others. It's also those people that were there. I was really excited to see the work of God in this village. There was a church that was being built in the middle of the village. And I learned that just a few years before that village had been a pagan uh, village worshiping uh, the forest and trees and spirits as well as Indian gods. And then I learned that that church was being built because of a sacrifice that had been made. The pastor's name was Pastor Samson. That was not his Indian name. He was born a pagan. He was born to a family of witch doctors and chiefs. But he married a Christian girl. She had no choice. It was an arranged marriage. But she lovingly and graciously witnessed to her husband with her life, with her love, for him and for Jesus. He turned his back on his family's traditions and opened his heart to Jesus Christ. He came to Christ and was discipled and then became the pastor of the church. That is now a Christian village. Every person in that village that is of the age of being able to understand the gospel has received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So the story, how's the church being built? The government saw that this leader of the, of the tribe was living in a very small place. His house would be about here to the front row and there. Maybe a little less, about, about here. I could not stand up in his house. The floor was dirt. The government saw this and said, You are an important man. You should have a better place to live. We're going to give you property. So they gave him a piece of property right in the middle of the village. 
He and his wife looked at that uh, house that they lived in, looked at that property and what could be built there. He said, we don't need another house. The village needs a church. And in this small village in the middle of the jungle is a church about the size of this room that's being built. They had the walls up. But there was no roof. There was no floor. I looked at it and I said, how much would it take in American dollars to, to build this church, the rest of it? I didn't ask the pastor, I asked another man who would know. He said $3,000. When I got home, I made some phone calls. And just a few phone calls, and the money is on the way to India. It's a great door, my friends, that God has opened to us. But not only is it a great door, it's an effective door. People are coming to Christ. From the urban centers of India, where I spoke in two churches of over a thousand members each, to the jungle villages. People are coming to Christ. The same is true in Zambia. People are coming to Christ and growing in their faith there. You have allowed us the privilege to be your eyes and ears in other parts of the world. We, we are seeking to faithfully carry the love of Jesus from you to them. But it is not without opposition, is it? On the world's list of places where Christians are persecuted and most persecuted in the world, India a year ago was number 22 among the nations.
Now it is number 11. Where God makes great advance, Satan opposes, doesn't he? There will always be opposition. There will always be enemies. The devil and his demons oppose the work of God. The world around us is self-centered and has no care for God and for Christ. And the world within God's church sometimes takes over and we act like we ought not to act. And let's face it, our own worst enemy is ourselves. Paul says, the good that I would do, I don't do. The evil that I would not do, I do. Oh, wretched man that I am. Paul says, I count not myself to have apprehended Christ's likeness. But Paul also said, I forget those things which are behind and I press on towards being like Jesus. We will always face opposition from within and from without. But remember John's words in 1 John, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm so thankful for the testimony of faith and faithfulness from our brother Lee Welch, who was mentioned earlier in our service. God has faithful servants here. But he also has faithful servants in other places. Just yesterday I learned that a friend in Egypt died. His name was Safe. He lived in the Upper Nile region of Egypt. I was in his home. In a church the size of your building here, actually larger, that was part of his home. He was a wealthy businessman. And 
The church was there because it was against the law to have a church, but he saw that the church met in his home and made provision for it. When I was there in his home, we received word from Al Qaeda. Al Qaeda sent the message we have declared a fatwa and we are going to kill you and we don't care if the Americans are there. What had he done that had so infuriated them? There was a young girl, a teenager, who decided that she was mad at her parents. So she converted to Islam. After a couple of weeks of being a Muslim, she decided, I would rather be a Christian. So she sent word to her parents, help. And her parents went to Mr. Safe and said, help. And he arranged to have her rescued. And taken out of the country where Al Qaeda could not, not kill her. But now his life was in danger. And so was ours because we were close. <laughs> From that point on, we had men with. Uh, with weapons that followed us everywhere we went. God solved it. Mr. Safe has lived years beyond, and so have we. There are enemies, aren't there? But we need to step up and to be bold in our faith. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. I, the Lord, your God, am with you wheresoever you go. Pastor Georgie. Very humble, small man, unimpressive physically. We did a medical clinic in his village next to his church in India just a few weeks ago. Georgie's church had been destroyed by the Hindus. It was only the foundations that were left. 
He came to our friend and he said, Would you, God has laid it on my heart to rebuild this church, to pastor it and to rebuild it, even though there is opposition. The man said, yes, I see your faith. So Georgie began to faithfully preach God's word. The church was rebuilt. It's a very small little church about from here to here to here. And, and that includes his house as well as the church. But it has a steeple and it's very pretty and it's right in the middle of a Hindu village. And Pastor Georgie being a man of opportunity said, the Hindu temple broadcast its services and prayers over loudspeakers. I think Jesus needs loudspeakers. So he has installed big loudspeakers on his church. And he preaches and he sings over the loudspeakers. And he plays Christian radio over the loudspeakers. And somebody saw him and said, Pastor George, you need a way to get around. So they gave him a bicycle. And Pastor George, people need to hear what you have to say. So they gave him a loudspeaker that runs on a battery with a microphone. So he rides his bicycle and preaches the gospel going up and down the streets and around the villages. There are always challenges, there's always opposition. Certainly Pastor Georgie has enemies, people that are his enemies. But he also faces another challenge. He cannot read, nor can he write. He is illiterate. So how does he preach? His wife reads the Bible to him. He memorizes the scripture. And he thinks and he meditates. And then he shares what God has given him through careful study because he's put the word of God in his mind and his heart. Do we face challenges in facing our faith? Do we face challenges in facing our faith? 
เยบุกันยฟิงอามาเมียนยอมาเมียนต้อยเตกทาวบูเมียนทาคูเฟียนเนเจ้าเนมาเมียนจองตอบุจุนคูเฟียนเนเจ้าเนบัดทิงค์
ลังจิงทินฮุงปุนบัวตุจังจองเจนปาวจุงเชิงนินอย่าตุมวางนินเยเปาจุนเจียวนิคูเฟียนเจียวเก่งผุยตุบัวเชิงผุยตุบัวไ